You're listening to Once, episode 28, The Stable Boy. Welcome back to Once, the podcast about Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we're so happy to have you joining us for this. Check out the website over at oncepodcast.com where you can get the show notes for this episode and screenshots that we'll mention at oncepodcast.com slash 28. And we'll have links to forum posts and a whole bunch of other stuff that we'll mention. So you want to check out the show notes when they are posted which is usually a little bit delayed after the podcast episode comes out. (laughs) But we have some awesome things to share with you today. If you haven't already heard it, make sure that you listen to our initial reactions on Stable Boy. And you can listen to those over at oncepodcast.com slash 27 and hear what we thought when we first saw it. Now we've had a chance to rewatch it a bit and get some cool things from it some little hidden things, some gems, and we've seen some of the great conversation going on in the forums over wait, at once. Wait, yes. we didn't get any gems from it. That was the episode Dreamy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we didn't get gems from it. Yeah, that's true. But we know we didn't really get much of them <laughs> like that from this. But I think that this episode is is one of those great ones that gives us some background information, answers a lot of questions that we had to <laughs> to uh, ask for a while and looking for the answer. And Jeremy, I know you're just dying to say something here. Am I? Actually, I was trying not to spit out water because I laughed. <laughs> uh, little real moment there for you all. Uh, yes, <laughs> it answered some of the biggest questions that we've had for the entire, almost the entire series. I forget when the question first was sort of posed to us, what does Regina have against snow? Yeah, because in the pilot episode, the only thing that was hinted is it said, she tried to poison me with an apple because I was prettier than she was. Which is kind of what we've always known, quote unquote. Yeah. So I forget when this question came up, but pretty early on, possibly as soon as the second episode, second or third. Mm -hmm. And finally, finally answered. Yeah, and... Some general responses from this in our forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. People generally like this episode also because one person initially, uh, they started the forums. I'll find out the name of who that was. But uh, initially they said, oh, I'm not so sure about this. But then as the conversation went on, then they were like, well, yeah, I did like this episode a lot better. That was Weedith had started that post and we'll have a link to that over at oncepodcast.com slash 28. So coming away from our initial reactions and having rewatched this, any observations or overall observations since rewatching it? I noticed how they made Regina look younger. They made her hair kind of messy and they put braids in her hair and she was wearing a ribbon. It's a little more simple. And like that teal ruffly coat and her (laughs) clunky boots. (laughs) I just... They did a good job. Yeah, they did some stuff with her makeup. Yeah. And I noticed on our second watching that she changed her voice again, which I've heard Lana mm-hmm. Perilla say before that she studied voice for 10 years. And it seems to be coming in handy. Yeah, she sounded younger. Mm-hmm. 
until that very end when until she was end. really angry. Yes. And then it was like her voice changed. And it a bit. was like the Rugino we know. Yes. <laughs> it's horrible. Horrible. But <laughs> what, what they, we also got to see was Henry looked older or younger too. Uh, Regina's father, Henry, oh. had uh, actually shorter hair. Different actor, But it was right? brown. No, it no. was the same. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. Regina's exactly father. Oh, my. Yeah, Henry. Henry. I definitely thought he was a different guy. Shorter hair, brown hair, His, whereas we've seen him before with white hair and a bit have, longer. He, had, he was tan and he didn't have those dark circles around his eyes that we saw. You think living with Cora would give him the dark circles? <laughs> <laughs> he should have looked better later. I almost said after she died, but we don't know what happens to Cora. Right. Nope. I think I do. I have. Oh. Well, we'll, we'll yes, get I'll into that. Yeah. Well, I, also yeah, noticed... I guess I still hold some of my theory. But I also noticed something quite interesting to, uh, with Henry, too, that we'll get as soon as um, Young Cora Henry disciplines or Henry Regina. Henry. Oh, okay. Henry, Henry Senior, Senior yeah. yes. I, before we go on to talking about Fairytale Land, I want to thank some of our sponsors for this episode. Rumpel Goldfan, Willie, Starry Dreamer, and Sandra, or Sandra, have all sent in donations, and huge thanks for that. And also, Andriana from wix.com slash Andriana Carvajal 21 slash Andriana Des Carvajal <laughs> spelling is difficult but i'll have a link in the list of thanks for our sponsors in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 28 and also our bandwidth for this month is sponsored by christianmeetsworld.com a weekly podcast dedicated to interfacing christianity with the world hosted by jason rennie it explores the discussions of politics worldview philosophy and more all comparing them to a biblical worldview you can join the conversation today over at christianmeetsworld.com, and it is a fellow member of the Noodle Mix Network, our podcast network. So check it out over at christianmeetsworld.com, and thank you so much, everybody, for your support. And if you're interested in sponsoring an episode or a whole month or whatever, go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor, and you can check out the options there. So let's talk about fairy tale land. Starts off with uh, Regina on the horse. Prancing around. Well, the horse Jumping things. And a few things that stood out to me in this is Cora, Regina's mother, had said, you're turning into an old maid. All the other girls your age are married. And Regina's, what, probably 18, 19? Something like that. She's young. <laughs> well. You think so? They... I'm thinking, yeah, somewhere I'm thinking around she's, 20. I think, I'm thinking she's supposed to be, like, somewhere in her 20s. Well, I don't think she's that much older than Snow. It all depends on what ages we think Snow is and all that stuff. Yeah. It's odd because the actual actor's only a year apart. Right. And they haven't given us any understanding of, you know, how right. old each of them are. But they did do a lot to make Regina look younger in this episode. And that that's what makes me think that they want us to think she's more of a teenager. So, like, mm -hmm. 22, 18 to 22. And as Riddle Raven is pointing out in our chat room... That is old for back then for right. being married because uh, there were odd ages for marriage back then. Just younger. But they're keeping it to this. I mean, Snow got married around the same, mm -hmm. it appears anyway. Yeah. Well, in fact, Snow did get married around the same age because, and that's why we really need to know either Snow's age 
or Regina's age at this point in order to get an exact timeline for this. Because in, remember in episode two, The Thing You Love Most, when Regina visited Maleficent, Maleficent said, weren't you about her age when you were supposed to be married? Mm. Referring oh, to this incident. Right. Did yeah. you go back and look that up or do you just remember that? I remember that. <laughs> you are the walking once upon a time Wikipedia. <laughs> no, there there are several in our community that know this Second a lot time better. You've been called that tonight, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first time he was called the the once upon a time computer. Yes. <laughs> Similar something. <laughs> something that stood out right from the beginning was Cora's use of magic and the way she used the magic looked just like the way we saw the Dark One use the magic. Oh, you're right. When uh, mm-hmm. he was outside of Rumpelstiltskin's village. Although it, it, it looked different. Yeah, it did. Like hers was all like Purple-y. light and wavy <laughs> and stuff. But well, here's, here's what struck me about it. It was the same kind of magic like back in that episode, which was, I forget the name of that episode, but the episode with Rumpelstiltskin's son, his backstory, Desperate Souls. That's Thank it. Thank you. Then uh, the the dark one was off in the distance and either holding his hand up or an orb, or I'm thinking it was just his hand. Just his hand. And there was just this like... We don't need no stinking orbs. <laughs> yeah, this warbling <laughs> thing and this glowing kind of coming from his hand. And then the people who were resisting the soldiers were suddenly like paralyzed or held back by this magic. Looked mm-hmm. like they were in pain. Yeah. And the same thing or similar thing happens here with Cora then controlling Regina, like trapping her in magic, lifting her up. And it's the same kind of glow. And I'll have some screenshots of this comparing it. It's coming from her hand. She's not holding anything. He was downloading their hearts through Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's because it was her daughter, but it struck me as a little bit scarier than anything we've seen from Regina. It just did. I think it's because this is her daughter she's doing this to. Yeah, that's true. Wait, uh, what was scary? Like just Regina or Cora you're talking about? Cora was scary, lifting her up in the air and then binding her with the straps. And I, I, I think it is it is really mainly just, I'm like, hello, what are you going to do? That's your daughter. She's... Yeah. The moment, well, are you going to kill her right there? The moment she said, I'll be good. I know. I just felt so sorry for Regina. Yeah, that was a little creepy, like a girl that's been trapped or yeah, abused control and stayed home. Mom. I, I want to say something first real quick. Um, right when when Cora initially used her magic to hold Regina, um, we actually find out, you, you notice Henry Sr. like get frustrated, very frustrated, and go and reach towards, now I don't know if he was about to use magic because he put his hand out, or if he was just going to stop her or ask her not to. She just glared at him once, and he immediately, timidly walked, like, mm-hmm. backed off. And that shows that she does have this strong power over the whole family. So there's something deeper, more stories I think we're going to figure out between them two. She right. wears the pants of the family. She's a terrible woman. <laughs> and it, it makes me realize, like you're saying, she doesn't value her daughter. And that I think gives a new spin on the idea that we heard confirmed from this, that she's the Miller's daughter. Mm -hmm. So it's completely reasonable to assume she's the one Mm -hmm. that her child was what Rumpelstiltskin wanted. Now there are a lot of theories of, is that child actually Regina? I'm thinking it could be because look at how little she values Regina as her own child. And maybe 
when when Rumpelstiltskin said, I need your firstborn, she was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Well, mm. she also says in the very end, do you know what I've gone, like what work I've gone to, you know, for you or something or what I've gone to keep you? I forget. the. Yeah, let me let me just uh, play that clip. Oh, um, we'll go ahead and jump to that near the end, because this was in the scene when they were in the barn and she was just about to kill Daniel. I didn't make the sacrifices I did in life to get you to the cusp of greatness so that you could end up the wife of a stable boy. It's my life. (laughs) You foolish girl. It's mine. After what I had to do, the deals I had to make to get us out of poverty, to get us this life, and you just want to toss it away? Yep, that one. (laughs) You know, I don't don't think... um... I don't think you're right about how she feels about her firstborn, Regina. I, I think it's because she's learned to be like calloused because she's learned that love is weak and power is better. Very true, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That sounds just like the Red Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. So I, we don't know whether Regina was this child in question with the Rumpelstiltskin deal. I think we'll find that out at some point. I have a question. Yeah. Being the Miller's daughter, didn't traditionally she marry a prince? Does that make Henry Sr. a prince? That's what I'm thinking. Well, They live uh, in a castle. Maybe. I mean, because you saw it at the end. Not quite a castle, but it is some kind of Large estate. Yeah, place. It's, it's an estate. Okay. And they're certainly not in poverty. And like that's what she said just yeah. in that clip, is that she did things. She made Deals. Yeah, I'm thinking those were with Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime a deal is mentioned, we can assume it's Rumpelstiltskin yeah. or Mr. Gold. Can I share my thoughts on Cora? Um, uh, this is going to combine a few things we see later on as well. But one of the things that we see through her, um, we all sort of assumed that she may be the Queen of Hearts. And a lot of things in this whole episode really pinpointed that further. Um, we, we find that uh, the clasps that... Cora has on her are sideways hearts. They're very decorative, but they, they have two hearts at either side of both of uh, the clasps that she has for her her robe. Um, she Which, also, by the way, you have to look really closely mm-hmm. to see that, and we'll have some screenshots. We'll enhance it a little bit so you can see it a little more clearly. She also had like white and red flowers throughout the place. Mm. Um, <gasps> she, she takes out hearts. <laughs> I have, yeah. um, let's see, also... I was going to mention Snow has white flowers on her dress later on. And it's really interesting because it makes sense if Regina and Cora both, you know, I'm I'm wondering if Cora has this thing against Snow later on as well, because the whole Queen of Hearts in the Alice in Wonderland Disney movie, she painted all the white fl- uh, white roses red. And the idea of Snow White having white flowers, mm. trying to get rid of that imagery and totally... Mm push it to like she is taking over as opposed to the white flower. Um, and she even had that quote uh, earlier as well um, about the flower said um, a flower is a delicate thing. You want it to grow and not pluck it before it's time. And I really think she's, she uses that hmm. as, uh, expression in the way of using people, letting them mature to the point where now they're usable. Now we, I can use them for my plan. Um, so a whole bunch of things pointed this episode that she is definitely the queen of hearts. I don't know. Most likely. Yeah. I, I think that's certainly a huge possibility there. 
But I don't know. I have another tangent theory, yes. if I may, on the Queen of Hearts. Going back to last week's episode and looking at the page in Henry's book, remember we were trying, we were looking at the little girl and we were going, is that Alice? Who is that? Well, after watching this one, it's very clearly young Snow. And it looks like the scene where she's reaching for the flower, but there's actually a hand. It may be hers. It may be somebody else's. And it's holding a necklace that's in the shape of a heart, maybe a locket. And you said that the story on the opposite page is Snow White and Rose Red. Yes. Which started, here's my crackpot theory, started making me think that maybe the Queen of Hearts is actually a young girl. And that's why she keeps covered up so that nobody will know that she's little. Oh. And other stories have had the Queen of Hearts be little, but maybe they decided to actually just make her a little girl instead of like a miniature woman or something like that. Mm. That would make sense too. why the little trumpet thing that they had. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, we see her face or we see a Mm-mm. silhouette of a face moving. Do I don't know. It Barely. could be a little she girl. She did stomp but... her foot like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know if she's little because she looked, she looked big. Well, let's get to, back to talking about this episode. <laughs> we'll talk more about Hat Trick and some of the past episodes in our upcoming feedback episode during this uh, two and a half weeks more of no episodes <laughs> from Once Upon a Time. But it was in the field when Daniel and Regina got together and we're going to have a like little chit chat before tea or something. How do you feel about that, Jenny? Daniel and Regina getting together. <laughs> I don't oh know gosh. if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but we hear a, a regular theme through this episode that it's, I almost feel like it's, yes, we get it enough already. Have you not seen her magic? The real question is, what can't she do? Who cares about magic? True love is the most powerful magic of all. It can overcome anything. And then she's like, shh, someone's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I just was thought a that odd. looked funny and sounded funny. <laughs> also at that moment, and I don't remember where I saw this quite honestly. So my apologies if I'm missing giving credit to someone in our forums. May have been an article, may have been forums. Somebody pointed out that Regina said, a lady never misses her tea time. Mm-hmm. The, also, lady. the lady. The lady? Yeah, the lady never oh. misses her tea time. Hmm. Either way. Some people were thinking that could point again to her being the Queen of Hearts. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, certainly a lot of evidence there. But yeah, the true love thing, maybe it doesn't need to be quite so overstated in every single episode that it's mentioned in. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Tea is big in Wonderland. That's true. So now we know after the end of this episode that it seems that probably Cora had spooked the horse in some way. Maybe she just smiled at it and talked without moving her lips or something and that (laughs) spooked it. I didn't have to use any magic. You went near that horse, didn't you? (laughs) Ugly beyond all reason? No. (laughs) Scary. Sorry, I watched Emperor's New Groove recently. (laughs) Well, isn't that what Regina said? She she had that theory and and her mother was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is at the end of this episode, then we know, now looking back, rewatching it, we can realize that, oh. And Dan had (laughs) wanted to (laughs) look back at the horse to see if any magic was following it. Is there any magic on that horse? (laughs) That would have been a cool detail. When Snow got off or was pulled off and then dropped... (laughs) 
<laughs> she pulls her off the horse and then dumps her on the ground. <laughs> what Regina said about fear is not only good advice, but also very interesting what she said. The only way to overcome fear is to face it, to get back on that horse as soon as possible. Now, I think the idea of facing the fear is going to be a stronger theme in upcoming episodes because a lot of people are afraid of Regina. I so am. we all have to face our fears and watch once <laughs> upon a time. <laughs> but there's, as I'll mention later on, there are other things that Regina has said to Snow White that influence what Snow White does later on. Certain quotes that Snow White kind of uses later on as well. Hmm. I think it was ridiculous how Cora was like, yes, whenever the king asked um, oh, Regina she answered like, for him. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> Maybe like, wait, skin I, crawl. I am asking the daughter, correct? Not the wife. Oh. In in the house, their estate there. Did you notice how much horse decor there was? Mm-hmm. It, like everything was horses. There was like four was white horses, correct? Was like uh, different colors. There was draperies. Yeah, there were draperies with white horses. There was a little statue on the dining table uh, that were, was gray or silver, and it was a horse. Do you think that the horse that Regina was riding was her noble steed from the that episode oh, where she took the heart out? That would I didn't explain think of that. She, man, she killed that thing. But that means the horse was ten years old. It was well, good at jumping things. Yeah, maybe maybe it was because horses can live. 15, 20 years old in real life, but Even maybe up longer. To 27, time. according to the first result from Google. <laughs> yeah, so. 35. Oh, that's that's cool. Wow. I didn't think about that. So it could be the horse that she killed. And horse up to 40. Deed. Now we know the horse's backstory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can put him in the timeline. <laughs> Where that heart came from. <laughs> Let's put that in the show notes. Did we happen to see Regina's um, Honeycrisp tree? No, uh, and I need to correct. I was totally wrong in our initial reactions when I said that I thought Snow White was reaching up to touch the the Honeycrisp tree. Mm-hmm. It was actually an orchid thing. Oh, okay. Not at all the apple tree. And I I was suspecting or expecting to see the apple tree, but I don't I think we saw it. I'm super <laughs> glad that that question was answered. Orchid. By the way, um, <laughs> discussing Regina giving the horse and trying to you know, enact the curse going back to that. Um, I thought it was very interesting when um, I forget where it is in here. I don't know if we passed it or if I'm jumping ahead when uh, Regina says, who cares about magic? True love is the most powerful magic of all. It can overcome anything. Right. Um, I am jumping ahead, but anyway, no, this is, that's the the same spot. Daniel had said that. Um, Interesting thing is that Regina had to give up what she loved most to enact the curse so it makes sense why the curse is so powerful because it's being enacted by the most powerful magic of all. Love. Ah. So yeah, if love is the most powerful thing and that started the curse and that's what the curse is feeding off of. Um, yeah, that was very neat to realize because it, initially I was like, why killing someone that she loved most? You know what you love. Caused the, <laughs> caused the curse to uh, happen. It just seemed a little odd to me, but if it is the most powerful magic of uh, fairy tale land makes sense when snow white little girl snow white introduced herself you say young snow yes or snowflake as oh gosh some are calling her. <laughs> that <laughs> oh. when young snow little snow 
introduced herself as saying, I'm Snow White. I almost expected Regina to do something like, so you're Snow. Slap, really? (laughs) But of course, it's completely unreasonable to expect that. Because I was more this like, was before anything happened. Why is the music so dramatic? We knew it was Snow the second we saw her. That girl looks exactly <laughs> like yeah. Jenny Goodwin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, you yeah. know what I mean. Not exactly. And why was young Snow hanging out at um, at Regina's house so the magic much? brought her there. Oh, why? later. Why? Because Regina was going to be Snow's mother. I know, but... They didn't even live close together, did they? Well, well, that might be the point. They traveled, and so they're preparing they're just the wedding. Staying. I mean, yeah, but, she was there when yeah. she was getting her dress on and things like that. So usually, I mean, little girls help with the wedding decor and things like that. I think, right? Really? I don't plan it, weddings, but I, I didn't so. have any little girls help me plan my wedding. Not, not plan, but like <laughs> they're there. <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing happened over the space live. of maybe just a couple days yeah, in fairy tale land. The king mm-hmm. was passing through. He doesn't live nearby in and the neighborhood. <laughs> the king wants to get married. He's getting married. <laughs> it's like quite 48 sudden. hours. It's helpful to take the bride back with you if you're going to have a wedding. So <laughs> they just waited, I'm assuming. I don't know why Snow was spending so much time over there. Did they keep her? They were. Here's my guess is that because they were traveling through and Regina said that to Cora later on, she Mm -hmm. accused her saying, you knew they would be traveling through, Mm -hmm. didn't you? So maybe they set up camp as they're traveling on the way to something. The estate. I mean, I think I know they were there because Snow was like, I'll go tell father. Yeah, that's right. So he was around, maybe nearby camp, maybe at the estate, maybe something else. But was, whatever the case, yeah, they were on their way to somewhere else. Was Snow keeping her horse in their stable? Because she, she came back and interrupted the kiss, and she had all her oh, writing yeah. stuff. Yeah. She said, you told me to get back on the horse. Yeah, that would be pretty typical, I think. So do you think I, they were staying? Do you think probably. young Snow was staying at their house? Probably, yeah. I think they all were i didn't understand why she was going there so late i thought mm. that was a little odd yeah. i mean i know it made for a better scenery cinematography get out on the midnight ride <laughs> in our chat in our chat room rumpel's girl says it's very common in middle age type eras the king travels and stays at his vassals places his what vassals oh my. I, I think basically subjects. we'll say subjects, subjects yeah oh. <laughs> so was Daniel pr- planning to propose? Was that an actual ring or was it something from his gear? I wasn't able to tell. I think it was something off of like a saddle. I yeah. think it was a ring off of a saddle it, or it, something. He pulled it, he yanked it off the saddle and okay. then he just, he cleaned Con- it slightly. Conveniently fit her finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing I really appreciate about the writers um, and everyone who's part of Once Upon a Time, who's also played a part in um, or Lost or is a fan of Lost, is when someone dies in Lost, and then they do the. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Lost has been <laughs> on for die all the time. Gone for a long time. <laughs> Lost. Okay. If someone dies, and then you see them in a flashback, you're like, "Oh, that's right. There they are." And you know, you have that connection. And I like how they did that with the king mm-hmm. because the king died. You oh, see right. him again, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's right." You get because I mean, he was a really very interesting, genuine character. Yeah, and that's I liked a good when point. they brought him back. And we did hear that. The king said that he lost Snow's mother many years before. He doesn't say what from, how long ago it was. 
and that he's been looking all around for a wife, but didn't find any wife who was who took an interest towards Snow. Was that all he needed? Like, why didn't he court her or anything? Like, she could have been a total, like, nag with a bad attitude for all he knew. <laughs> she is. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if Cora had interviewed to become the king's new wife at some point. Because I, she's so excited about going to the castle. And she wants power. She said that. She feels that power is more important than love. So, I wonder if she tried out to be queen. I'm actually thinking Cora had something to do with Snow's death. With I'm um, sorry, Snow's mother's Snow's death. mother's death. Um, because when the king had mentioned that he doesn't have a wife anymore, I don't know. It's hard to tell if the actors are just waiting for their lines or if there was something deeper behind it. Um, Cora definitely looked like she was pondering something, like satisfied. Mm. Um, I didn't notice that. Good yeah, catch. I don't. I, that's the way I felt, and she seems to have this. Yes, this feeling. Um, even later, I think, when she's talking with Snow, you sort of see it a little bit. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it could be. We don't know. Uh, we might get more background to that at some point. When Regina then, after after the whole proposal scene, and uh, then Regina going out, finding Daniel, saying, marry me now, or marry me, and Snow is there. When Regina goes after snow and they have their little talk again regina says something very similar to what daniel had said love true love is magic and not just any magic the most powerful magic of all it creates happiness i thought fairy dust created happiness <laughs> <laughs> maybe it creates love <laughs> oh that's true they did say that fairy dust is spreading happiness yeah, uh, but we don't like right. to think about fairy dust so it spreads it just doesn't create it <laughs> <laughs> wow. so regina and snow hug and then they cut to the picture in the storybook of charming's sword flying toward regina after right. snow threw it at the wedding <laughs> i thought that was very cutting of them oh uh, yeah just nice. for a little reminder nice of what's cut. What's going to happen? Mm. So the actual secret, here's what I wonder. The actual secret was Regina said, you can't tell anyone that I love Daniel. Correct. And that she was going to marry Daniel and run away. Just that, was that the she secret? didn't love the king or, and that she loved Daniel instead. Well, what was she planning to do? What was... Like, why was she telling Snow? Here's here's why I'm getting it. Mm -hmm. Was Regina realizing that she still has to marry the king, but she doesn't want anyone to know that she actually loves a different man? She was planning to run away, remember? Yeah. Yeah. She knew her mom was going to... That was the secret. Flip. So the secret was, don't tell this before I run away, kind of. The secret was, don't tell my mother. And she totally told her mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which ruined her plans completely. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Every I loved the episode, but honestly, it left me kind of going, why did you focus all of that on snow? I don't yeah, I didn't quite think it understand. Was deep enough. I did I was expecting something much deeper um between Regina and Snow. Yes, I mean, she basically channeled all of her love for Daniel and all of her hatred for her mother Cora into Snow. And it just it didn't really make sense. I would have if I was Regina, I would have hated my mother instead of Snow. I don't, I don't know what to say about that, but well, it just seems Well, it's because of Snow that her mother found out 
Right. And Regina mm. saved Snow's life, so she's regretting that. I did think it'd be quite interesting if Regina, if Cora did kill um, Snow's mother, um, which would make sense if she planned the horse thing and everything else, and maybe that's how she, she enacted this entire thing. Um, if she did kill Snow's mother, or had someone, or Rumpelstiltskin did, um, I'm thinking that maybe Regina could find that out later and make amends with Mary Margaret. I don't know. I mean, this would be much later, like the next season or something. I just thought it'd be something neat if Regina found out it was really her mother that was that evil and that had planned this from the beginning and took away Mary Margaret's mother. And she might be able to relate. Well, I don't... She knows her mother's evil. Yeah. She watched her, her rip out her true love's heart and, and crush she, it. And she <laughs> no, knows... she said it was mother. <laughs> I know. I was like... um, this is terrible. I want more sobbing. I want more yeah. screaming. I want something True. a little bit more. I guess I she know. just saw how powerless she was against her yeah. mother and how none of that would have changed anything. There was a bit of a theme of her acceptance, sort of, of her fate. She did try and kiss him back. Yeah. Like, kiss him to mm-hmm. to bring him back. Well, and and just before that, I think there's a little hint at what changed in Regina is something that Cora had said to her there in the barn just before Cora killed Daniel is it seems like Regina took this on later. Love is weakness, Regina. It feels real now. At the start, it always does. But it's an illusion. It fades. And then you're left with nothing but power. True power endures. And then you don't have to rely on anyone to get what you want. Okay, I got that slightly out of order. That was after killing Daniel. But Mm. it seems like by the end of the episode, Regina is more interested than in power. No longer interested in love since she had her love Mm -hmm. torn from her. Yeah. Oh, and somebody in the chat room uh, is saying Regina probably wasn't allowed to fully develop her emotions. I can see that. Yeah. Like her mother was, was like not emotional, so it would just be natural for her to kind of be the same mm-hmm. mm, that's a good point and mentioning the chat room we do this live every wednesday evening at 8 30 p.m eastern time which is gmt minus four you can check it out at noodle.mx slash live there won't be a live show this sunday or the sunday after that until the new episode airs which will be on april 22nd but we'll still do at least one feedback episode between mm-hmm. now and then and so Sunday evenings also, you can check us out live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, GMT minus four at noodle.mx slash live for our initial reactions right after an episode. Do you know what I think's funny? What? <laughs> this exchange between Regina and Cora. If you love me then, if you love me then. <laughs> Did you hear that? Like they were like, yeah, oh, that's like, true. <laughs> if you love me then blah, blah, blah. Well, if you love me then. Funny. I just thought it was funny. I noticed. <laughs> when... Cora had killed uh, Daniel. Well, she pulled his heart out and then immediately squeezed it. Kind so, of from his stomach, by the way. Maybe I looked at that <laughs> yeah. wrong. She, but it she was had like, to reach up under the ribcage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, right. I guess so. Yeah. But she said something. Mother, why have you done this? Because this is your happy ending. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. It's almost funny. like happy what are you talking about? Yeah. i don't know but then like i said in our initial reactions that reminded me of the flip of the pilot episode which here's a quote then from the pilot 
Why did you do this? That's because this is my happy ending. A place where the only happy ending will be mine. Very nice. <laughs> and the setup is very similar too, because in the pilot episode, Prince Charming is on the ground, almost dead, mostly dead. And Snow White is there holding his head and looks up at Regina. In this episode, Regina is mm. with Daniel, who's lying on the ground now dead. And she's looking up at Cora, saying very similar things. And the camera angles are somewhat similar to... <laughs> So awesome. we'll have some screenshots in the show notes over at onespodcast.com slash 28. So you can check that out. You know, I thought her wording, like, it made me think that Cora was saying this is happy ending. It made me think this is the end of your happiness. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe hmm. I'm just thinking about it with a dyslexic mind. Kind of like, a, <laughs> well, it, it does make sense, though, what you're saying. Like a twist on the words happy ending. Yeah, this is your happy ending. Your happy demise. This is your <laughs> happiness ending right here. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I think it's more just, she's like, nope, you're going to be a queen. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Your life is mine. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking... Like I said earlier, I don't know why she focused her hatred on Snow, but maybe she just focused it on everyone. We already know that she killed King Leopold as part of her revenge, and she went after Snow. By then, her mother seems to not be in the picture. And that whole exchange at the end, when Cora says, you're learning, Regina doesn't really answer her or do anything to indicate that they're on the same side. She's kind of like, ah, I better go change out of this dress. Yeah. yeah, she was she was acting then. I I thought that was yeah. good. Like she was like, I better go change out of this dress. Well, the, I'm so mad at you. She right said now. when she said it, she said, I don't want to get it dirty before the wedding. Oh, Made me think day. that she was about to kill Cora and oh. she was like saying, I don't want to get That's your blood good. on my dress. Oh, gosh. But she did use the same tone that she had just used with Snow, so I felt like she was just continuing yes. what she had learned. Yes. You're so better at putting things into words than I am. <laughs> Good job. When when Regina was talking to Snow after all of this, one of the last scenes there, and then Regina put on her fake happy face then, she said something to Snow that I think influenced Snow later on in the future. You see, that's the thing about love. It can come in the most unexpected places. And certainly Snow White found love in the most unexpected <gasps> place. When you said certainly, I <laughs> thought of that quote that Snow said when she said, you are certainly the most, like the fairest of them all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so ironic. You oh yeah, I was like, "Where are you going with certainly? Like, certainly, like that didn't trigger anything for me." So, I was <laughs> so Snow, Snow said that originally of, yeah, she, of Regina. Snow said that of Regina, and she said, "I hope on my wedding day I'll be as beautiful as you." Which maybe that's just one particular point of Regina's bitterness against Snow. And after ten years, or we assume about ten years, probably, then bitterness can really fester. It can fester terribly yeah. after just a week, <laughs> but. 10 years of this and plotting and scheming and trying to find an escape and yeah. use her power in I some way. I think it took her less time and effort to knock everyone else off than it did Snow. <laughs> <laughs> she she wanted Snow's uh, fate to be... A special kind of horrible. More, yeah, more <laughs> pleasing, kind of. Kind of like in Count of Monte Cristo, how he planned his revenge to hurt the people very precisely. Oh. And it wasn't just a straight revenge, like just kill them. It was 
utterly destroy them. And Good that's movie. what Regina wants against Snow. And we see that taking place very much now in Storybrooke. I wonder what she felt like when she when she like had to raise her. Like I mean, you think about it, you had to wait like twenty years or, or I don't <laughs> know how years long, or ten so, years yeah. or so. I think she didn't have much to do with Snow. I mean, I think she had as much to do as as she could without raising suspicion, but I think hmm. she might have had like as little to do with Snow because Snow turned out so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhat. It's interesting. I think I initially thought that Regina killed um, Snow's mother because you know she went for the father, she went for Snow after, like she's killing off the family one right. by one, but. Um, yeah, that's still a mystery, though we all have our theories. Yeah, the whole royalty thing was never actually a desire of Regina's. She didn't want power. She was thrust into this. <laughs> evil isn't born, evil is made. Mm-hmm. Remember that from Heart of Darkness? I remember. And that is very much now. And Regina even said that. So I think that's Regina's story. Is she? We saw she wasn't born evil. She was made evil from something that I think... This is just part of it, and I think we'll see more of that in the future. Maybe killing her mother. Mm. And there are a lot of uh, speculations in the forums over at onespodcast.com slash forum about if if uh, who Cora is or Cora's backstory, and then is Regina going to kill Cora maybe in the future? I don't think so. Well, it's it's kind of like how does Regina then get the power either... Cora trains her, which at one point Cora did say something like, uh, I'm training you, referred to that or she was training learning. her. Yeah, your learning is what she said. By the way, I thought of something interesting regarding the Queen of Hearts. Um, <laughs> you well, just want to let go of that. No, because I think I'm going back to, you mentioned Cora and going like, attack, you know, killing Cora in the future, going and attacking and going uh, at odds with each other. Um, maybe she was talking through the little projector. Uh, the voice projector and things like that, not because she was a little child, because she was an old, frail woman. Because I don't know how many years do we, do we know. We do know how many years. We're guessing around ten. So possibly, if Regina took her mother's power, she might have drained her of hmm. you know some life type of thing, mm, and she's weakened now because of it. Um, because she was letting magic be everything to her. You know that. That's a good theory. I like that one. But also, they could have hit her face just for our benefit of Mm -hmm. being surprised later, because that episode came before we met Korra. So Mm -hmm. if it is, in fact, Korra, then we wouldn't recognize her as the Queen of Hearts She could have whispered in someone's ear, but instead she had that voice projector, which to me (laughs) made more of the sense of she needed it for something. Weirdest theory I saw is that she is an elephant. Because it looks <laughs> well, like it, an elephant's trunk and perhaps like an elephant's elephant ears. <laughs> In our chat room, Lady K said, uh, referring to Dan's theory, wow, you know what's cool? If Cora really is the Queen of Hearts, that means she took her own husband captive and struck him and stuck him in the tiny box yep. for all eternity. And we were talking about that in our hat trick <laughs> discussions. Well, she didn't really like Henry Sr. very much. <laughs> Because he, he doted on on Regina so oh, much. Uh, cold. She said that would be very cold. I just him. thought of something else, too. If Regina, if uh, Cora's in Wonderland, another thing that she could, reason why she could have aged so quickly 
is because do you remember that in Wonderland time passes faster than in the real world? Oh yeah. Does it really? Yeah. In the movie. That like time I mean, I, in I really Wonderland minutes are like seconds. Wait, this is like Narnia. Kind of. Yeah, that's true. Narnia was like that. But then again, they could pull that and not have to explain that oh it's from the fairy tale. They could just right. well, the latest, say that's the way Al- it is. The Alice in Wonderland movie. Um that one had her come back around the same right. time. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I'm not convinced because in the two versions that I've seen, Alice was sleeping. It was in the, the cartoon. She was sleeping and she woke up. And in the <laughs> other version that I saw, the more recent one with uh, Johnny Depp in it, um, the people were waiting for her when she got back. Like she left and it was kind of indefinite how long she had been gone. But not days and weeks. No, no. It was right. like, it was it was a little while later. So 10 years could be like 40 years. Oh, she, yeah. She she was there for a few days. I don't think that whole party would be waiting for a free. Good point. <laughs> Just yeah. realize that. <laughs> I have one more thought on this. Yes. Cora is Greek for filled heart. Oh. Filled heart? That's the translation I found. Oh. Some reference to heart anyway. Well, interesting. And that being that it's Greek could also make sense because it's uh, the writers have already pulled from Greek mythology like King Midas and uh, mm-hmm. Lake Nostos and uh, the um, the siren in the lake as well. I thought the siren looked kind <laughs> of like Anne Hathaway. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. She was blonde. She was blonde. I thought it was like, she more like, like Anne, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway, Natalie Portman combined. <laughs> Maybe so. Before we, before we move on to Storybrooke, let me read some feedback here from Rumpel's Girl. She said, I gave this theory in the chat room after the show, uh, talking about our, intern, um, our, our initial reactions, but I am starting to think that Bay was Cora's firstborn and Rumpel took him as his form of payment for helping her spend gold. In the fairy tale, the woman gets to keep her child, but we all know the creators love to tweak these tales. So, because she cannot guess his name, she gives up her child to Rumpel, who raises him as his own. At some point, Cora needs magic slash power slash wealth, etc., and makes more deals with Rumpel. She will never be finished paying Rumpel off, so when Regina kills her mother, which I think Regina has to do to become (laughs) truly evil, all of Cora's debt goes to Regina. Except in Regina, we have a woman who is a match for Rumpel. So they make deals with one another, always trying to get one leg up on the other. (laughs) See the ramen noodle for what we think about that phrase. (laughs) It's a constant power struggle for years, but never fully malicious until the events of Skin Deep. After Rumpel is led to believe that Belle has died, due in part to Regina, it is a full-on war and he will never, and he will stop at nothing to foil her plans, including allowing her to believe that she is enacting the dark curse and that there is no cure or hope for the fairy tale land characters. I have a bullet for that theory. L- love the podcast. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Rumpel's girl. She she couldn't have had Bay because um, Rumpelstiltskin wasn't the dark one. Like he he was he was Rumpelstiltskin before, and he had Bay. Right. And then he turned into the dark one. Now there are some other theories in our forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums about the similar things like maybe Cora was around back then something about that and uh 
one of the main points people would bring up is, well, wait, isn't Rumpelstiltskin centuries old? Yes. His magic keeps him alive much longer. Maybe Korra's magic also kept her alive much longer. So there's, because Korra has magic, we really can't assume that she ages the same as other people do. But she doesn't look like the Dark One, like Rumpelstiltskin does, but she has, it seems, some of the powers of the Dark One. Although he didn't have to either. I'm not sure why Rumpelstiltskin does. I'm not wanting to think that she shares, like, the Dark One's power. I don't I don't really like that theory, personally. I think maybe she could have got, you know... I think maybe she could have done a deal with Rumpelstiltskin and gotten her power from him. Maybe. I mean, because in, in the original version, she doesn't have magic. Yeah. Also, Heather, or H. J. Bayou wrote in the forums on a topic called Does Snow White Know That Daniel Is Dead? She said, remember those flyers that said Snow White, traitor, murderer, etc.? Maybe when Regina kills her mother and takes her magic, magic, she somehow blames Snow for it. I don't know about that, though. Snow would never be near her again after the Huntsman incident. Maybe they just say that Snow killed her father. Hmm... You know, it's interesting, too, with Rumpelstiltskin, um, because he talks about, yeah, the whole thing with the deals. I mean, he, he's involved with everything. And even in the beginning of the story, Brooke, um, he talks about, because I always honor my agreements, do we have a deal? Um, so it's quite interesting how he always always has something up his sleeves and is prepared for the situation. Yeah. Well, he knows the future. Let's move on to Storybrooke. And it starts off in the mayor's office. We get that conversation, and we talked about it a lot in our initial reactions, between Gold and Regina. And the couple things that stood out to me from this are we realized that what Gold was going to receive in this deal that he made, which we got a hint of in previous episodes, his uh, cost, his price, was that Regina talked to the DA and get him off for his battery charges of beating up Bell's oh. father. But remember when Mr. Gold went to Mary Margaret and said, or and Emma, and said that he convinced a judge to let him off after nearly beating a man to death? Well, it wasn't actually Mr. Gold that did that convincing. It was Regina with her influence because of this deal that he made. Yeah, so here's oh. my question. Did they write that one week earlier scene just to address certain confusion that they had been seeing in the fan community, or did they have that planned all along? I think they might have had it planned all along. You know, I still missed the words a week later. <laughs> I still missed them. Where were they? Earlier. One week earlier? Yeah. Okay, where were they? At the bottom of the screen. I did look at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin, or Mr. Gold, even refers to how he'd rather not spend any more time in a cage Obviously referring to when he was caged up to <laughs> fairy Didn't you land. love his wording about Mary Margaret and her charming friend? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, too. Didn't, uh, maybe not, did Regina refer to his, his house, that bell came, refer to his house as a cage? Uh, I don't remember that. Hmm, maybe not. Cage just, has been thrown around a lot. Yeah, that's true. So, Gold's offer, and this is very important, the precision of what he offered. He offered to help by telling Regina what he told her. So he was already giving her this information and saying, I'll help you with this. But his promise was basically only led up to getting the key in Mary Margaret's cell 
and possibly a trial, though he said there wouldn't need to be a trial because Mary Margaret would escape. So that was really his promise is up to that point. He never actually promised you will have your revenge Mm. on Mary Margaret. Yeah. So when he's making this deal then with Emma and working for Emma, he could still be honoring that. And especially we see that with Catherine showing up and it seems like Mr. Gold was the one who brought Catherine Mm. back. So in the sheriff's office, when Regina comes... Just sitting there when Mary Margaret wakes up, which was super creepy. They say only the guilty sleep in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry to wake you up, Regina. (laughs) (laughs) Who are they anyway? (laughs) But Regina... (laughs) Sorry, I just said, who are they anyway? I'm like, what? Oh, sorry. It's getting late. (laughs) Regina is just totally taking it out on Mary Margaret. Because confession or not... You're leaving Storybrooke. And you like that. Why? Why do you take such pleasure in this? What did I ever do to you to make you hate me so much? And now we know. (laughs) Now we know. But Mary Margaret still doesn't know. No, she doesn't. Mm -mm. So Regina did a great job of hiding how she felt. For a while. Mary Margaret seems to be the one person out of everyone who has the hardest time believing i mean emma and mary margaret which is funny because they're related but um yeah neither of them emma can't admit what she's seeing in front of her as truth well dr mm -hmm, hopper too well well he's of all he saw the cave the mines he was thinking something more than mary margaret yeah dr hopper was more a finding himself kind of thing like Mm. realizing i want to be a better person that was his revelation not And this is what he said to Henry. He said, no, I don't remember, but I do remember the kind of person I want to be. Mm -hmm. That's what Dr. Hopper realized. So Dr. Hopper is not remembering anything, but he's just becoming a better person. I wonder if Mary Margaret's going to actually get it after the whole cheek squeezing incident. I know. (laughs) It's like, okay, yeah, it's crazy, but wouldn't it make sense if you're Snow White and she's the evil queen more so than if you're the school (laughs) teacher and she's the mayor? I think that we're going to see one more character in this season come to realization. Somebody, like please. not We've already <laughs> seen now several characters who know about the curse, but I mean a character come to realization. And after this episode, I'm wondering, is it going to be Mary Margaret? Because imagine what that would be like is she realizes that, whoa, I'm the cause of this curse that's here on everybody. And this woman, Regina, completely... <laughs> hates me, and now I know why. I don't think they're going to have Mary Margaret know until the very last episode. Yeah, I was going to say that too. I think she'll be the last to There's four left, it. correct? You mean the last episode of this season? Of this season, yeah. yes. Well, I'm saying at some point in the season, I wonder if now she's the one that's going to recognize I things. I think they're going to reveal the mystery and identity of August Wayne Booth before Mary Margaret realizes. Probably, yeah. And... A couple things were said very similar, kind of relating to him. Mr. Gold had said, Perception is everything, Miss Swan, not just in the courtroom, but in life. And then again later, August had also said something kind of connected. Sometimes it's hard to see what's right in front of us. Father and son, chip off the old block. (laughs) Mr. Gold didn't do a whole lot to shut Mary Margaret up whenever she was talking so Why much did she because he had something oh. up his sleeve by the way he had his trump card <laughs> bit of a reveal his there what? trump card oh <laughs> <What>? well <laughs> we'll talk about that off air 
so D.A. Widmore, I mean, Spencer walks <laughs> into the room and uh, we suddenly know that, oh, shoot, what's his name? King what? King George. King George, George thank you. He's not dead. He didn't yeah. die. We assumed that he got killed somewhere. Right. But so, now if he's in Storybrooke, that means he didn't die. So that, instead of answering questions, that raises a bunch yeah, of I questions. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, how on earth did he let the marriage of Snow White and Prince Charming go through? Well, they must have deposed him is that the correct word somehow or or it could be that regina captured him and he said like hey i'm gonna do this curse on your son and your daughter would you like power and influence in this world <laughs> hmm interesting that's true he is in a position of authority yeah and i was mentioning he that opposes them in yeah. our initial reactions of my theory is those who supported regina have power and authority in storybrook hmm. or or she was able to use in some way. And I don't like him. We all gasped <laughs> when we saw him. <laughs> we did. <gasps> oh, no. He has a great voice, though. <laughs> it's a very true. memorable face. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Emma is on the dock, flipping through the pages of the storybook, kind of looking for answers. Sitting in the rain. Yeah. She, which, wouldn't she be concerned about water getting on the book? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple things that stood out. The pictures that she saw are a picture of the sword and evil queen. Then the picture of, some people were thinking it was August, maybe in a fairy tale with the dagger. But actually, it's the huntsman with the dagger just before he killed Snow White. Because sure? it's the same, yeah, it's before the same Peter picture. Dan has a sword. It's the same picture that Henry showed Sheriff Graham when Sheriff Graham was going through his whole revelation thing. And then they also showed a picture of Hansel and Gretel. Oh. So uh, those are the pictures. And then the story on the pages where there were words to be able to read, the story was, again, the story of the golden goose, which they're using that a lot. It seems like that that and Snow White and Rose Red are the only words that we've seen. I'm going to have to go read the story. Yeah, it's, it's online. You can read it. Hmm. Might be in my book. I don't even know. Yeah. Also. I got the I got the Once Upon a Time book. Yeah. If you if you guys, listeners, want to check out the book, go to oncepodcast.com. And over on the right side, we have some affiliate links that if you purchase the book through there, you get to still save money. You can get the ebook or the printed book from amazon.com, and it helps support the show. The newspaper that Emma was also, or that, uh, yeah, Emma had with her, had the big headline on it heartless and we also got i got some good screenshots of that and was able to read what the article said not too much interesting it's all kind of like oh yeah we knew that but there was a five hundred thousand dollar bail on mary margaret and also on the page is the spelling bee winner was tenia wilkins which i couldn't find any significance to that name but the word that she won for the spelling bee was anti-disestablishmentarianism was the word that she won in the spelling bee, which oh, wow. I think could have some play. But then here's the other thing, and I'm, I'm reading a lot from this newspaper, is that the newspaper also had in the upper left corner, there's a section that said, the science of memory. Okay. I think some kind of thing. that is going to remember um, Mary Margaret. It, it's, just, Mary. it's just a cool nod, I think, mm-hmm. that uh, like the science of memory these characters need to remember are just like laughing like huh i just wrote that randomly and they're trying to develop something from it and create their theories <laughs> it's like fortune cookies just some guy in a warehouse writes them somewhere. no real <laughs> and then in uh, well august when they go out to that bridge 
the thing happens with August and he hurts himself and he says shin splints <laughs> and he doesn't let not quite like an expletive but yeah. he does mention them i'm just looking up shin splints right now to see if there's anything that we can connect i was thinking shin to. splinters i, I look too yeah there in the forums there's some talk about that maybe the splinter reference shin splints are generally uh, things that athletes or especially people who run on hard surfaces will often get shin splints a slight injury uh, right before this too i thought it was a little interesting um I took it differently. Uh, when August meets Emma reading that paper and he asks, what are you doing? Emma says, grasping at straws, which I thought was funny because I'm thinking straw, turning straw into gold. Uh, oh. that thing. I didn't <laughs> think of a normal straw. I thought of actual fairy tale land Because straw. <laughs> you're on the side that August is Balefire. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really decided what I think. I think there's a lot of good evidence that he's Pinocchio. Yeah. Like I have, with the I never lie. I thing. have several things yeah. I want to talk about, but I'll probably bring it up in an episode where we just discuss yeah, theories because I'll talk too much. Episode. <laughs> you know what I thought of when I heard shin splints? I thought a splint was maybe like the pin that you put on bone or in bone. Yeah. Sometimes. And I thought that would be so amazing if they were making a reference to Pinocchio as a wood boy who had pins in his knees one of the theories in the forums and there's a a huge discussion going on about this it's four or five pages by now and we'll have a link to it in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 28 one of the theories was someone said maybe if he's pinocchio maybe he's turning back into a wooden boy Mm, that's kind of weird that's why he wouldn't let emma look at his leg did she want to look at it yeah, she said, here, here, she was like, let me look at it. Okay. And he said, no, I'll, I'll just walk it off. Just going to throw this out there. We don't have a lot of time. But the Pinocchio theory and the Bay theory are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that's, that's a hard thing now because we've already seen a couple characters share fairy tale roles. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. also seen people turned into puppets yeah. and huh. connected with Rumpelstiltskin. So... That whole story could yeah. be turned on its side, kind of like Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, that's funny. I'm sorry. I if, was, oh, did you want to go ahead? I was just going to mention, I was trying to find Peter Pan breaking his leg. Come on, come on. Oh. <laughs> this horse broke his leg in 1941 and was destroyed and buried. He basically was this the great racing horse. I'm like, that doesn't, that's not, his name was Peter Pan, the racing horse. <laughs> for now. That's what I was like, looking for. With this horse thing? I'm very frustrated. <laughs> Are you thinking that August was the, the prize deed? I, I thought maybe Peter Pan hurt his leg once <laughs> oh, and that's why he, he, you know, his leg hurt because something. Well, Peter Pan was. was injured twice by a hook. Mm. But here's the thing. He we really, cut. for but we don't know where. For now, we really have to discount any theories on Peter Pan because the writers have said that they still haven't gotten rights to using Peter Pan. Oh, I don't care it's about like that. It's like a children's hospital or something like that that owns the rights actually to Peter Pan, which it's is awkward. odd because of copyright laws, but uh, somehow I guess they got into Think that. Think the children who'd be so happy to see the real live Peter Pan. One of the, along the idea of possibly August being Pinocchio and transforming back into Pinocchio, the wooden boy is realize that the curse in Storybook is separating everyone from those they love, separating them from their happy endings. Geppetto's happy ending was to have Pinocchio as a real boy. What if, if August is Pinocchio, what if his being in Storybook, where the curse is enacted, is subjecting him to the curse 
and he's transforming back into a wooden boy because if he was a real man in Storybrooke, then it would be more possible for him to get back with Geppetto. It's crazy. Jimmy Cricket is going to become a cricket. (laughs) It's going to cause all kinds of circulation issues and he needs to stay away from open flame (laughs) and possibly even termites. I just, I don't know. I hope that that's not happening because it's really strange. uh, That would just be weird. Someone turning back into a puppet. I really think the writers are pushing a lot for Pinocchio. Um, I believe if they haven't done, if if they really haven't gotten the rights for, for Peter Pan, then they've they said could that. just go to Pinocchio. Yeah, but... They, and somebody else just said that they said the opposite. So who knows? They could be pulling the pin from well, the leg. <laughs> <laughs> At least so far, it's probably very reasonable to assume Peter Pan is not going to be in this season. And it's very reasonable to assume we'll probably learn wh- who August is in this season. Hmm. But then continuing on, August knows the story and he hints to that slightly to emma seems to me that aside from henry mary margaret's the closest thing to family you've got it's okay to admit it i think he actually knows mary margaret is emma's oh i'm sure he does i mean he's adding to the book (laughs) and he's he's he's, a believer he told henry that he believes the book and by the way, at first I thought it was rather presumptuous or possibly even sneaky for him to be adding to the book. But after his little speech about starting a story and then going back when he hits writer's block and seeing other things makes more sense that he's just adding to the story that he already wrote. And I think it's a good hint for us during these two and a half weeks before the next episode that we should go back and rewatch all of the episodes <laughs> yes, again. We I think we should. I'm, I'm planning to. Yeah, definitely. I'm planning to. Oh, said. please invite me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I'll invite my wife. Ooh, there might be, ooh, just about one episode per day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, true. So everyone else is welcome to join us. So you might see the old forums for the old episodes flare up again as people realize new things and want to start talking please go ahead and do that there are, are lots you inviting of inviting people to our house no <laughs> not yet the ones podcast rewatch <laughs> the finale party which we're trying to plan that finale party but haven't picked the location yet i'll be checking something out uh, this week and have more news on that but you know the date and the destination so start making your plans yeah cincinnati area uh, we have a hotels link which uh, i can't remember exactly what it is but hotels.com affiliate link will post that but going back to this episode back in the jail when regina came it was that like gut-wrenching feeling when regina was just mocking the way she walked into the sheriff's office you just barely see her but she is she's standing up tall she's smiling like a mocking smile red dress on yeah she is just (laughs) so proud of herself because and you'll be sent out of storybrook for good and i will never have to see you again i want to enjoy this while i still can that was an awful awful speech she Mm. and the way she said apology not accepted (laughs) and the face squeeze yeah it's that terrifying moment when when mary margaret realizes that regina knows this part i don't deserve this i did not kill catherine i know but you do deserve the face Mary Margaret made was like total shock. Yeah. Like, you know? 
when we watched that, I was thinking, oh, please, Emma, have some recording device there. Yeah. Oh, Uh, backing up just a little bit because we skipped a section. When Regina or when Emma was accusing August and August said something that could lend more support to the Pinocchio idea. I would hope that you would have enough faith to know that I would never betray you. Why should I? How do I know you're not lying about this? About Hmm. everything? I'm not a liar. That is exactly what a liar would say. (laughs) Such a ridiculous comeback. I loved loved how he said that I would. I'm like, he's would. (laughs) 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 It was a stretch and yet I thought it too. (laughs) And... Then backing up just a little bit more, when Regina and Emma were in Regina's garage, I think it illustrates how much this bitterness has festered inside Regina against Snow White, Mary Margaret, by the way she describes Mm -hmm. what Mary Margaret had done. She's going to pay for what she's done. That woman has destroyed the last life she is ever going to destroy. Back in the... the the woodshed or whatever it was, the garage or mm-hmm. whatever. Emma did not even hide the fact that she knew where the shovel should be. Oh, I was so frustrated. Yeah. Everything was great up to that point. She could have she could have searched around the garage and then hidden her surprise so that Regina would still not know she was truly on to her. Mm. Or I think that she'd thrown her off. I didn't like how she found the shard. In the first place, because oh, that yeah, whole that... place would have been dug up, and it was right on the well, surface. There was no rocks in there to chip the shovel. Um, who's responsible for that? By, it was by the river, so there were rocks. Emma's responsible for that investigation, and she didn't do it. No, yeah. she's a sheriff. She's not. She doesn't analyze the whole crime. There's nobody and take else. Up and dig the dirt to find out if if Catherine's buried underneath there. But like there's nobody else. Like August helped her realize. <laughs> she had to go back to the starting point because the case changed. It was first a missing person, then a murder case. And and so that's why she had to go back. Hmm. Right. And actually do the investigation she probably should have done in the beginning. You know, somebody in the chat room just pointed out that she she's a bounty hunter. She's thorough. Like, why wasn't she thorough with this? Yeah, true. Sarah Faith was the one that pointed that out. Hmm. And we also see... That she realizes she's been trusting the wrong people in this episode. And the there's some indication from this, from August, that he's saying that she's very emotionally connected to this case. And that's why he said the thing about uh, he recognizes that Emma or Mary Margaret is the closest thing to family that she has. And it's not a spoiler to say what the writers have said, what you shared with me last week, Jeremy. I don't think it is. What's that? The writers have said about Emma's superpower quote. Oh thing. right, yeah they they said that emotions interfere with it. Right, just which, like she, just like they've said in the show, just that if it's somebody she cares about, it doesn't really work. And which many have theorized too that maybe because she's gained so emotionally involved, it's starting to weaken her ability mm-hmm. to discern things. This right. time that we rewatched it, I made like I made sure that. I listened to what Mr. Gold was saying because I was wondering if he knew that the plant was bugged when he was talking to Emma and mm. talking about the trial and that he was going to oh, work his yeah. magic. Yeah. Like, I wondered if he knew and he didn't say anything except for work my magic that would put 
Regina off? That was right. That was right before Emma was, found the bug. Yeah, it was. Because she was so <laughs> mad from that. So yeah. what he actually said. You told me you could fix this. That's why I came to you. So that you could make sure Regina didn't win. But she hasn't yet. Well, she's going to. And now my friend is going to pay for me trusting you. Look, Sheriff, I know this is emotional, but it's also not over. You must have faith. There's still time. Time for what? For me to work a little magic. There's a forum uh, thread talking about, is it actual magic? And what's going on with that when he referred to working a little magic? And we'll have a link to that in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 28. I have some interesting things about who placed Catherine there. And I was wondering what you guys think before I share what I was going to say. Uh, well, I've, I've seen some great theories. And this forum that I just referred to has several of these theories about how did Catherine get there. A couple of the theories are one that Mr. Gold somehow was keeping her. The other theory is that maybe she was wandering in the woods, kind of like we saw David wandering aimlessly in the woods. Filthy. Yeah. She was filthy. She it, looked like she looked like a like a bum. Yeah, she was buried. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. What's your mm. theory? Well or I was just of thinking theories. the buried thing. Um hmm. and yeah, so I'm not sure about that. But I was I have a little dilemma because Regina knows that Mary Margaret did not kill Catherine. Mr. Gold said he was going to work a little magic. So let's say if Mr. Gold brought Catherine there, then Regina never had any proof that Catherine was dead. So she didn't know. I mean, she wouldn't know where Catherine was. So to say that Mary Margaret didn't kill her, I think that she had to know that Mary, that Catherine was alive. So either she worked with Mr. Gold and she knew that Catherine was safe. I mean, what happened? Did Mr. Gold have her or did Regina have her? Or did they both know about it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And in the forums also, uh, we'll have a link to this too, the heart, questioning again the heart. And is it Catherine's no, heart really? No. Here's, here's something else though, <laughs> that someone pointed out. If no one comes to Storybrooke and no one leaves, whose heart is it? Ah, but well. someone, someone pointed this out. There, yes. there is a heart in question that didn't glow. And that could still be the heart that Regina used. Snow White's fake heart that the huntsman brought. Yeah, but that's pretty Didn't obviously like, not a human, human heart. Didn't she chunk that like a football? Yeah. <laughs> she has what a she collection of human hearts. Yeah, that's all magically that's living. I I, yes. Yes. I decided that for everybody many weeks ago and I'm sticking to it. Can they? Yeah, I don't know. That's odd. I I think it was just one of her collections. I don't want it to be Catherine's heart either. It's, it's not, not glowing. It's not. No, it's not it's magical. Not. Unless she touches it, then it glows. Well, that's the thing. It's <laughs> Someone in the forums are saying, we want to see Regina hold the heart to see if it glows. What's the point of her having Catherine's heart? I don't understand what the point of that would be. Um, I don't know. How that's, would that fit into the story? Yeah, it, to make that's Catherine true. It doesn't charge, really. Charges to control Catherine and it doesn't really you can't control someone you can just because the interesting twist would be that this actually hurts Mary Margaret even more than helps her yeah and by the way we have yet to see any true communication in and out of Storybrooke I think apart from Henry leaving getting Emma and bringing her back so I'm not even sure these I'm assuming they're sending DNA quote unquote whatever off for tests to Boston right 
Besides Catherine, the fact that Regina could intercept that, maybe they never left. I just, I think the whole thing was fake. I think Catherine has also communicated with Boston. Obvious. Because of wanting to go there for school. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, oh, yeah. So they have some connections. That was contrived as well. <laughs> Snowfan in our forums posted this great uh, list of observations. He says, or she, the episode Snape Stable Boy opened with quite a long discussion in Regina's office, and we got to see some sweeping shots of the room for the first time with some new information under our belts. We always knew the mirror on her wall symbolized her magic mirror, which, by the way, actually, that mirror that's on her wall is one of the same exact mirrors that was in her castle. We always, uh, and her wallpaper symbolized the forest. Her red apples are always present as well. Now we know the large white horse over her fireplace is a nod to her writing days. The orchid is a nod to her mother's orchids. Everything Mm. in the office seems to have meaning. Mm. We see that she has had Daniel's ring all this time in a box right on top of her desk for for anyone to find. We also know that she has her skeleton keys in an available location too, as Henry is able to just take them with no problem to open Mary Margaret's door. And he also points out then uh, in his email or her about um, the the box that Henry's heart was in was is also on Regina's desk. And we've seen that before, the shiny black and silver box. Mm. So anything else we want to discuss about this episode? Well, I know there are lots of other things, but anything else we want to bring up in the podcast? Nope, I'll be good. I'll hold it. <laughs> Please check out the show notes. You can converse about these things at the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 28 and get some of the pictures, screenshots, and links that we mentioned. And you can check out our forums and discuss this a whole lot more over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Please send us your feedback for upcoming episodes. And also for our upcoming feedback episodes, we might even take some live calls. You can send the feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com, call 903-231-2221, or go to oncepodcast.com and click the send a voice message tab and send a voice message right from your computer. You can also follow us, uh, the podcast, on Twitter as we tweet things and interesting forum posts and blog posts and stuff at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. So we're so happy to have you listening with us. And we hope that you'll join us again for our live show next Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, GMT-4, at noodle.mx slash live. So remember, they say only the guilty sleep in prison. So thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx.